Welcome to Speaking the Truth in Agape Love Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Mitchell. Welcome back, everybody. want to welcome you to our podcast. Uh, I'm Chad Mitchell. got David Finch here. How you doing? Uh, we're continuing our study on studying Jesus, and so we want to kind of jump right in. Um, of course, if you guys have any questions, feel free to email us. Our email is truthinagapelove at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, um, and you can listen to the podcast on Facebook, or you can join us on uh, all the different um, sites, and David was good enough to get us some business cards here, and so we're on Facebook, iTunes, Amazon Music, Spotify, and Apple Play, um, and so, Google, or Goots Google, so um, any of those, hopefully you can um, listen, if it's more convenient to listen on those, um, you, can, you can listen to it at your convenience, you can also download them listen to them on an airplane when you don't have service, you know, those kinds of things. So welcome you to do that. But we're glad you're with us today and we're going to jump right in our study here. Um, we've been, uh, this study, um, Brother David brought this, the lesson titled Unclean Spirits and Christ. And so we're going to kind of talk about how Jesus cast out um, demons and just kind of, there's some good um, points here that we're going to study, so pretty excited to jump in here. Absolutely. And so, um, how do you want to start, David? Well, you know, looking at the relationship between the unclean spirits and Christ, not like a, a relationship like we would think, like friendship or anything, but okay. rather how even the unclean spirits obey Christ. Yeah. You know, these are disobedient spirits, and yet all Christ has to do is tell them once, and they obey. Yeah. Disobedient does not obey. <laughs> but yeah. yet, the disobedient does obey Christ, because even though they have been already cast out, like when you look at, turn over with me to Revelation 12. Okay. Revelation 12 you know, puts it in, in a beautiful way. And, you know, and Revelation has has a way of um, putting in beautiful imagery. So starting in verse 7, we're going to read through verse 12 of Revelation chapter 12. And it says, And a war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old, called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren, who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them, Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea. For the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows that he has a short time. So here, I just love the scene how Michael the archangel 
you know, you, you almost get this image of this huge battle going on, right? Mm -hmm. Where Satan and his demons um, were cast out. But notice they lost. <laughs> Anytime you go against God, you lose. You know, as, as we were talking, um, as we have studied through the Old Testament characters, going through the Old Testament, anytime anyone goes against God, they lose. Mm. And it doesn't matter how big the army, it doesn't matter anything. They always lose against the power of God. So even in heaven, where this might shock a lot of people, but Satan and his angels were in heaven at one time. They were with God. And so they had a responsibility to do what God says, but they wanted to disobey God and try to um, overpower God, try to be better than God. And so they that's how this battle broke out. And of course they Satan and his angels did not prevail. You know, going back to verse eight, but rather they were cast out. They were thrown out. And then when you look at Luke 10, verse 18, Christ says, He's seen Satan fall like lightning. Yeah. That is very powerful imagery as well. You know, I, I get the image in my head that God with His mighty power just like grabbed Satan and hurled him out. Yeah. You know, um, I didn't put this in my lesson, but I was thinking like... Uh, Randy Johnson. A lot of people know who Randy Johnson is, that, that pitcher who mm. had so many strikeouts. He had over a mile an hour fastball, yeah. you know, and so very fast pitcher. He could hurl that ball, and it didn't help that he was very tall as well because mm. it seemed like by the time he released that ball, it was already like halfway between yeah. <laughs> the the, uh, the pitching mound and, and the glove. So, you know, the he struck a lot of people out. He had a very strong arm. He hurled, but however fast he could hurl that ball, that's nothing compared to how God hurled Satan out of heaven. Yeah. And so so that's the beautiful imagery. And, and so that's why they are unclean spirits or disobedient spirits. You know, they, they disobeyed God. So they are unclean their evil spirits because they disobeyed God. Anytime you go outside of the word of God, you're disobeying, you're disobedient. And so that's exactly what Satan and his angels did. They were disobedient to God and so they were cast out. And so um to know where they came from. Yeah. And so that would be basically the unclean spirits. Is that what you were saying? Yes. So that was the unclean spirits that um, were cast out. Of That's heaven. right. And and what a lot of people don't realize is that they were in heaven at one time. Mm -hmm. You know, that's how they had the war break out in heaven. Okay. And that's how he was cast out. So he was created by God. You know, <clears throat> um, I can't. I can't remember where, but he's called the Morning Star. Yeah. So, you know, he was he was beautiful. He, he was, you know, um, he was a beautiful angel, but then he just was disobedient. Yeah. You know, and and we're we're talking in our Wednesday evening Bible class, uh, authority and responsibility. 
God has authority and he delegates responsibilities to us through his word, but he also delegates responsibilities to his angels. Yeah. I'm sure different than us, but <clears throat> anyway, Satan did not want to keep up his responsibility, but rather go outside of his responsibility and overpower God. And so that's that's how he was cast out and that's that's why we are where we are now. Mm. You know, yeah. where he wasn't created evil. He chose to do evil. So, well, and I think a great account of it, and we could read it, is in Mark, you know, Mark um, chapter 1, uh, verse uh, 21 and 28. Yeah, 21 through 28. And, um, you know, Mark, as we just um, talked as we were getting ready for this, um, it, Mark kind of is a fast track of Jesus' account of his life. That's right. And so it seems kind of weird that chapter one, he's already casting out uh, demons. Yeah. <laughs> but it kind of skips that part. But let's go ahead and read that. Read that. I guess um, I can read it. Um, Mark chapter 1, 21 uh, through 28. It says, Then they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath he entered the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Now there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. So this is the man with the unclean spirit talking. Yeah, it's the unclean spirit talking out, out through the man. Through the man, yeah. Verse 25, But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had convulsed him and cried out with a loud voice, he came out of him. Then they were all amazed, so that they questioned among themselves, saying, What is this? What new doctrine is this? For with, for, for with authority he commands even the unclean spirits, and, and they obey him. And immediately his fame spread throughout all the region of Galilee. And so there's, there's a lot that we can pick up from this. Yeah. And uh, so you know, one of the things that stuck out to me was first they were saying uh, the, the spirit is asking him, um, what, what have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Do you come to destroy us? You know? And yeah. so that's the spirit talking to Jesus. And um, so he knew exactly who he was. How did yeah. he know who he was? That's right. Well, because they they were in heaven together, I guess. Yep, that's you know? right. You know, going according to Revelation 12, they were with with God at one time, mm -hmm. and so that's that's how they knew who Christ was. And of course, Christ was there. You know, looking at Luke 10:18, when Christ says, "I watched, I watched, um, I watched them fall from heaven like lightning." Yeah. He was there witnessing all of this, mm -hmm. witnessing them rising up against God and and God just throwing them out, hurling them out of heaven. Yeah. And so um, it's kind of interesting because, um, you know, today at lunch, I was sitting at lunch today and uh, this guy walks in and he sits down and I look, kind of looked at him. He's over on a table beside us. And he goes, hey, Chad, you remember me? And I'm like, I look at him, and I'm just like, um, 
yeah, maybe. And so I was like, Paul. He's like, yeah, that's. And we went to school together 24 years ago. <laughs> okay. And but he does not look anything like what he looked like in school, you know, 24 years ago, something changed. And it was basically like, he's like, I know you, you know? And that's kind of what this spirit did. You know, I know I know who you are, Holy One of God. That's right. He, he knew who he was and recognized him. Yeah. And knew right away. But it's kind of like someone that you hadn't seen in 24 years or whatever. You yeah. Know, do you really, you know, and, and you really see it in from classmates. You know, in in high school. That's a really good point. Yeah. Um, when you see them, you don't have anything to do with them after school. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, one day, boom, you run into him. He hasn't lived in Blackfoot. He just moved back, so that's why I haven't seen him. But, anyways, it's it's interesting how he does. And 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 of course, he he's kind of um, addressing Jesus here in a in a rebuke kind of tone. Yeah. Like, leave us alone. We're busy here. You know. Yeah. Now, you pointed on something in your lesson about how come the spirits had to obey Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's an interesting bit because keep in mind they're disobedient, right? They're unclean spirits. They're disobedient Mm -hmm. to God. So why would they, on the first request, why would they just listen to God? Mm -hmm. Why would they listen to Christ? Like, just immediately listen to Him. You know, and... You brought up your your uh, disobedient dog. I brought up my kids. Mm-hmm. You know where, because we don't have dogs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but when my kids disobey, and I tell them, "Come here and receive your punishment," they come to me. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is because they have already tried not to come to me before and realized that doesn't work out for them. <laughs> Because then they get double punishment, mm-hmm. right? They get they get even a worse punishment because they made me chase them down. Mm-hmm. You know, and you also think of like a uh, someone who is disobedient. For example, a mother. You know, and and we've all been there where we go to the store and we have there's that mother that uh, tells their little child to come here, and that the child looks at the mother and turns around and runs the other way from her, disobeying the mother, and then you see the mother chasing after the child yeah the disobedient child won already mm-hmm. you know the parent lost at that point the parents had already lost they lost that fight so she's chasing down the child but that's what uh, that's what disobedient people do you know disobedient beings that's what they do mm-hmm. or disobedient dogs they they don't do what you you tell them to do well these are disobedient, unclean spirits, and yet they obeyed God. And so the question is, is why? Well, that's when my kids come into play because my kids, even if they have disobeyed and they have done something wrong, when I tell them to come here and receive their punishment, they come because they know that if they don't, it'll be even worse for them. Yeah, absolutely. And so... And I think that's that's the way it is with animals, and that's why I like yeah. using animals for an example. Because like with horses, um, when you train a horse, you pressure. It's a pressure and relief kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so uh, you want to make it easier for them to do what you want them to, but harder to do what you don't want them to. Yeah. Okay. And so like with with a dog, you know, I had someone ask me, they're like, how do you keep your dog in the back of your truck when you're traveling and when you stop? How do you keep him from jumping out? 
I was like, well, it's less painful to stay in the truck than it is to get out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When you're not supposed to. Yeah. You know, and, and that's the way it is. It's like, he knows he's going to be in trouble and he's going to get uh, reprimanded um, and then still be back in the truck. Right, exactly. <laughs> Where there's no pain. Yeah. There's no pain in the back of the truck. That's right. <laughs> you know, and, and so a horse is the same way. There's 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 no pain or punishment. And, and you know, it's not a cruelty thing. That's right. It's just a pressure relief. You, you, you make a horse go by jabbing them in the side a little bit. Yeah. And it makes them go. Yep. And then before long, you just barely touch them. You just barely squeeze that horse's side. Yeah. Boom, they take off. It's not that you have to be mean to them. You're not being mean to them. You might have at the beginning kind of give them a little nudge like, oh, okay, I got to go. Yeah. Well, um, they, they almost want to obey you. They just sure. don't know how. They, they, that's exactly right. Yeah. So, and, and that's how, how kids are, I think, a lot of that's the right. They want to obey you, but it's your job as a parent to teach them how to be obedient. Yeah. And when I use my kids, I'm not I'm not suggesting that I right um, yeah no it's just well, my kids so hard no it's mm-hmm. just that they know that even though they have done something they weren't supposed to do to well, come and and understand that hey I gotta obey yeah. you know versus if I don't obey it's gonna be worse well and it's that way for for yeah I mean I remember you know that's why we obeyed our parents is. That's is, right. Is because it was less painful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Exactly. And, but there's a point to that. And so it's interesting here where the um, unclean, unclean spirit. spirit obeys Jesus here. Yeah. And so this unclean spirit, you know, keeping in mind this unclean spirit has already been cast out of heaven and destined for eternal damnation in hell. But yet they're... They're still willing to obey God. They're still willing to obey Christ. And mm-hmm. so the logical conclusion is because if they don't, something worse is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And and so what's worse than hell? I don't know. Yeah. You know, and I don't want to know. No, neither, we don't want to know. Neither did the unclean spirit. So mm-hmm. <laughs> just because that they're cast to hell and destined for eternal de- damnation that doesn't mean that it couldn't be worse for them yeah and so that's why they're willing to just obey Christ all Christ has to do is say it once and they obey even though they're disobedient they know better than to disobey God mm-hmm. and so that that's a really powerful point too you know where um, one of our favorite stories was the uh, Elijah with the 400 prophets of Baal, you know, in, uh, yeah. I believe, First Kings. But, you know, they, uh, they called upon Baal for all day. And then all he had to do is pray to God one time, and God did the impossible. Yeah. You know, and, and not trying to get into the whole um, story, because we have talked about that before, but the putting water around the whole thing it, it made it impossible to start a fire for man yeah. right mm-hmm. but with God it was it was so hot that it licked up the water as it as it says well and you've got first Timothy 6 6, 6 or 16 yeah here um, which says who alone has immortally dwelling in unapproachable light whom no man has seen or can see to whom be honor and everlasting power. Amen. 
Yeah. You know, and that's what God has proved throughout the Bible is his power. That's right. And Jesus had power. Because if if the if the unclean spirit wouldn't have come out and obeyed him, he would have just it would have been worse. Yeah, he would have just made him come out. Yeah. You know, and he could have just you know, performed a miracle or whatever and done away with them that, that way. Yeah. So, but the power and even with Elijah, you know, and the, you know, the, the display there with the water and the altar, you know, he showed that God had power over everything. Yeah. And and that's been the point all through along. That's right. Even though man has free will to, to go, you know, man has free will, God has ultimate power. Yeah. And, and the... The amazing part about God is he has this amazing power, but yet it is matched with his great love. Mm -hmm. And that's something that uh, you can't underscore there. You know, when you look at, I mean, Chad, if you had this kind of power, yeah, you would be, and I'm not saying this because I know you, mm-hmm. <laughs> man would take advantage of it and probably do a lot of bad and a lot of harm to a lot of people to get what they want well god doesn't do that Mm -hmm. he's the um going back to first timothy 6 16 it's an unapproachable light he is 100 percent good yeah you know where all of this is for our good and, and not it's not for a selfish reason you know, even having all of that power, their love is still directed towards us mm-hmm. and wanting us to get to heaven. Mm-hmm. And and that's the, you know, the uh, the Bible is centered around Christ. Even even from Genesis all the way to Revelation, it's centered around Christ. You know, uh, they say you can find Christ on every page of the Bible, and so. Christ is the the reason why we have hope. And, yeah. And Christ displaying this great power and and this great um, authority over even the unclean spirits, it, it it demonstrates His great love for us. It it was always for us. Yeah. And that's kind of getting outside of uh, the point of my lesson. But uh, <laughs> what was the the next one you had was um, for Second Corinthians. Um, 6, 14 through 18, where we talk about being unequally yoked together. Yeah. I don't remember how you brought that into the lesson. Okay. Not to put you on the spot. Well, um, well, I have to think about it. So let's go, let's go over there. Um, what we see, oh yeah, that was another point. First, let's hit this point in Mark. Okay. Now, they were expressing to everyone in the area, these unclean spirits were expressing that Christ is the Holy One of God. Now, when you think about it, Christ came down to display the fact that He is the Holy One of God. So why didn't God, why didn't Christ let them speak? He told them to be quiet. Why was that? And that's, He's not unequally yoked with wickedness, you know. And when you think about it, putting yourself in his shoes a little bit, say Hitler walks into the room. Everyone knows Hitler's a terrible guy. And so Hitler walks into the room and starts talking about, man, Chad's a really good guy. Chad's, Chad's a righteous person. Mm-hmm. Well, what does he know about a good person? What does he know about a righteous person? That's right. Okay. I would automatically assume 
you're a bad person just because you're associated with Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> and Hitler knows you. No doubt. It's not that you know Hitler. Everyone knows who Hitler is, but you, Hitler knows you. That says something about your character. Mm -hmm. Well, here, he tells the unclean spirits to be quiet. And that's because he doesn't need their help to express that he is the Holy One of God. And so... Christ is our perfect example, and, and that's exactly why, even backing up um, in Mark chapter 1, mm -hmm. he was baptized by John in the river. It wasn't because, you know, for us today, we're baptized for the remission of our sins. Christ didn't have any sin, but rather he is the perfect teacher expressing the perfect way for us to follow after him. So he is our perfect example and as our teacher and as our perfect example he was baptized. Expressing the fact that we also need to be baptized. So again, him he's the perfect teacher and, and he leads by example. He doesn't just tell us what to do. He leads by example. Yeah. And so that's a great point to bring out, you know, with people. It's like He's our perfect teacher, and he's he's the perfect example for us to follow. Well, even when the devil tried to, um, you know, um, tempt tempt Jesus in the wilderness. Yeah. You know, that was, you know, that that kind of relates a little bit where he he didn't give in at all. That's right. And and Satan, notice Satan even used scripture out of context to try sure. to tempt him. Yeah. And you see Christ not going for it, but rather you see Christ in in Matthew four four telling him that we live off of every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You know that tells us a, a few things about Satan. One is he's He's hard at work trying to deceive you. He will even use scripture and twist it out of context to get you to fall into sin. Well, and I think uh, you could you could kind of uh, put it this way: um, we need to be careful of how we spread his his word too, That's right. and not um, utilize someone who's um, unspiritual to spread the gospel. Yeah. You know, you know, a lot of you'll see where a lot of um, denominations will team up for some event or whatever. Yeah. You know, and uh, and it doesn't matter what you just proclaim to be a Christian. It doesn't matter what your background is or whatever. Yeah. That's kind of unequally yoking yourself. That's right. And Jesus didn't need any help spreading his gospel. And it certainly didn't need the help of the Spirit. So I'd never looked at it that way. Yeah. That's interesting. And and so, you know, here you have Christ telling them to be quiet because he doesn't need their help. He doesn't need them to express that he is the Holy One of God. He will prove it. You know, he doesn't he doesn't need help. And then he proved it and told them to come out. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and But notice, that's where, at the end of that, um, after they recognize that, when you look at verse 27... Then they were all amazed. And this is right after Christ told them to be quiet and come out. And the unclean spirits, you know, convulsed the man and yeah. then they left him. 
And then everyone was astonished. They were all amazed so that they questioned among themselves, saying, what is this? What new doctrine is this? Yeah. For with authority he commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey. And so, can you imagine being in the crowd and watching this, and then just, how can even the unclean spirits, they recognize that they're disobedient spirits. Mm-hmm. They don't do what you tell them to do. Because yeah. if they did, they would have never been in this guy to begin with, right? Yeah. They, they would have never possessed this guy. And so you have you have them questioning, like, wow, what? how can these unclean spirits even obey him? Yeah. And, and then immediately his fame spread throughout all the region around Galilee. And so, you know, you can only imagine. And they, it's, it's not like today where we have... Um, Facebook and oh yeah, it was word right of mouth. It was word of mouth. It was word of mouth. But but he gained fame almost more than he was asking for. Yeah, and and you do see that sometimes with mm. with Christ. Like you see him sometimes saying, as you see at the end of Mark, he I can't remember what he does, but he uh, heals the man, and then he tells him, "Don't tell anybody. You know, don't don't tell anybody, but go your way." And that guy disobeyed yeah. <laughs> and immediately went and told everyone and so from that yeah. you see his fame spread and then they actually pushed him outside the city and it wasn't that they were telling him to leave the city but rather everyone wanted to be healed by him or everyone wanted to see his uh, power and so the crowd pushed him out, yeah. you know, and so he couldn't do the work that he, he wanted to do in that area. Well, and it's interesting. I like the analogy that you have here comparing this to to um, Second Corinthians mm-hmm. um, because, you know, Jesus didn't need the help of this spirit to do anything. That's right. And, you know, if you go to Second um, Corinthians six fourteen. It says, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. And this this spirit was an unbeliever. That's right. Basically. basically. Um, For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness, and what communion has light with darkness? And so, with lawlessness, what, what fellowship is righteousness with lawlessness? Well, you can't mix them. That's right. You know. And then, um, what communion has light with darkness? That doesn't work. And, and, and what accord has Christ with Baal nothing or or what part has a believer with unbelievers and and what agreement has the temple of God with idols for you are the temple of the living God as God has said I will dwell in them and walk among them I will be their God and they shall be my people I'll just continue through 18 here because it finishes the thought absolutely therefore come out from among them and and separate says the Lord do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you I will be a father for you and you shall be my sons and my and daughters says the Lord Almighty one of the things you know unequally yoked um that's a really good analogy because back in the day when they had horse and buggies or oxen, um, you wouldn't put a big horse next to a little horse. 
Yeah, and miniature horse. And have them yoked together, pulling the, the cart. Yeah, that's right. You put the same size horses together so they're equally pulling together. Yeah. And if you've ever had to do a job with somebody that was way, a lot weaker than you, you, you realize real quick that you're doing all the work. What are yeah. they doing? Yeah. You know, I've, I remember, you know, hauling heavy stuff and the kids are trying to help. I'm actually like almost picking the kid up too, you <laughs> yeah. know? And, and so, um, anyways, it, it's a good analogy because you never would pair someone, um, with someone who's not going to do the work. Same thing with our, when we're trying to, um, share the gospel, you want to, you, you would not be very successful taking an unbeliever with you. Right. He, he would be helping, uh, to destroy you yeah. rather than help you. Yeah. yeah. You, you'd basically be fighting each other the yeah. whole time. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm glad you brought up, I did some tile flooring, mm -hmm. uh, with my nephew mm -hmm. who's never done it before. Yeah. I was like, yeah, well come along, you know, and, and I can teach you. And, uh. He already doesn't have a very good uh, work ethic. Yeah. So he just sat there and watched me the entire time. I'm, and afterwards, I was like, I just paid him to watch me work. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was pointless. Yeah. But we were unequally yoked. You yeah. know, he, he didn't know what he was doing, but he also didn't want to know. Yeah. He didn't want to learn. He just, yeah. he was just there because I told him to come along. Well, I, I remember there's, you know, with welding, it's kind of that way. A lot of people think welding is just, yeah, it's easy. You just, you know, you just burn some rod there and you're done. You know, yeah. it's a piece of cake. I did a deal. I, I helped a brother out. Um, he's needed some stuff welded on his exhaust. And so I was like, okay, yeah, no problem. And uh, I was like, he, he, I says, he wanted me to come up and do it there in his garage because if he backed out, it was a Corvette, mm -hmm. then it would hit. So he couldn't move. He has to do it in the garage there. Oh, okay. I'm like, well, okay, yeah, no problem. So it won't take very long. He's like, you know, come on up. And so I load everything in the truck, and I decided that I was going to TIG weld it. So any of you know anything about welding, you have to have gas, inert gas. There's, you know, the power um, box, you know, the welder, all the hoses, all the leads, you know, everything. You got to put this all together. Then you got to have the wire. So I go up there and I start, I back up, you know, we talked for a minute. I was like, okay, well, let's get started. And so I start pulling all this stuff out and I start putting it together. And he's like, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm, I'm getting ready to weld this. He's like, what do you need all this stuff for? <laughs> you know, I'm like to weld this. I need all this. You need all this stuff. So I started explaining to him and he was blown away. You know, it, it was much more complicated than he thought it was going to be. <laughs> To the point where he almost felt bad for making me come up there and do this job. And I'm like, no, it's fine. It's no big deal. But there was a whole lot, like his ex expectation of what I was going to do was a whole lot more than what he thought, you know? Yeah. And so uh, at, for that particular job, we were unequally yoked, you know? Absolutely. If we were going to do a welding job, he, same thing like what you brought up. It's, it's totally different. And so uh, we can even make the wrong assumptions, even with Christians. Too, you know yeah and we got to make sure that uh, we pull our own weight kind of thing yeah you know as Christians um, and we, we were talking about this um, the other day um, Paxton he's he's a new Christian 
my boy, my oldest boy, Paxson, and he, he has probably, you know, because we're a small church, he's probably served in more um, capacities. capacities than most 40-year-old men. Yeah, I would say maybe 30 yeah. year old men because they're in larger congregations and they don't get forced or not really forced but they're they don't get they don't have the opportunity they don't have the opportunity to lead the lord's supper to do the singing mm-hmm. and it's easier to say oh no i don't want to try it you know I'm, i'll just you know but if if there's no one there and you feel obligated because this one guy is doing all the work yeah you know yeah um paxton's done more than than most people most men have as far as and i'm i'm just proud as can be you know that he's willing to step up and do it yeah but i think we all need that kind of nudge you know mm-hmm. to to get out of our comfort zone and learn more and i'm kind of getting off topic here but it's it's important because on its unequally yoked thing we have to go past our comfort zone to try to help out our other brethren yeah and encourage them as well in our worship yeah you know and well and to go along with what you were talking about that uh the one one man doing all the work i've been that one man sure let me tell you something yeah i was actually a part of a congregation where i wasn't the only one that had the ability to do it but rather i was the only one willing to do it exactly so i was preaching doing the songs opening prayer closing prayer or supper i did it all yeah and no one else was willing and it it's very discouraging so i know what you're I think talking so about too, because we can encourage one another by serving yeah and <clears throat> and so paxton has been a huge encouragement not just for you but for me as well you know mm-hmm. he's and he's actually done a couple of uh, devotionals which yeah. are wednesday evenings we have like a, a short talk at the end mm-hmm. and Paxton's already done it a couple times. Yeah. And so and he's done a great job. Yeah. You know, and so it's uh, it's encouraging that he's he's willing to step up to the plate. And I think it should encourage everyone. Uh, everyone should be encouraged to try to do something out of your comfort zone. Yeah. And 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 do a you know bring a lesson if there's an opportunity get the opportunity and also at, for congregations I think they need to give make those opportunities available. Yeah. To people. Yeah. And not just have one guy doing everything, you know, um, because that's how you grow. Even in your job, you know, a job, uh, y- you know, you could do the same thing all the time. Um, but but guys who, who climb the corporate ladder, you might say, right. have always been the one going, hey, can I do that? Yep. Can I do that? Can I, can I do this job, this part of this job? Can I do this? And they've always been looking for more and more and more to progress and get better. And that's how we need to be as Christians, too. Yeah. You know, even even like what we're doing here is this study tonight. It, it, it makes us better at, you know, talking about things in the Bible and, and recalling things and, and just studying. And so you, the more you do out of your comfort zone, the better you get. That's right. And, and so, you know, we need to be that yoke and not be the weak link yeah. in the yoke. We, we don't want to be the the small horse we want to be the big horse that's right and we want to be equally yoked now that doesn't mean that we have two small horses you know (laughs) yeah Yeah. well and you know you brought out something um as you were talking about and i before we get too far into it you said this um 
unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Now this uh, demon, yeah. or this unclean spirit, is not an unbeliever, but rather just a disobedient. Okay. And so, um, because when you turn over to James 2, 19, he says, You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. Now, of course I want to bring this out because... Uh, People say, well, I believe in God, and they don't do anything else. Okay. Even the demons believe. Mm -hmm. Do the demons have hope of eternal life? Yeah. They've already been cast out. Yeah. They've already proven that you can't. That's you know, a good and so point. don't be uh, unequally yoked with, with someone who doesn't have the same hope or the same goal as you. Would that. That brings up Acts nineteen thirteen through seventeen, doesn't it? Yeah, we we yeah. Let's turn over there because that that brings out a good. Because that's a good point. Because I, I I like where you're going with this. Because a lot of people say, oh well, I believe in God. I'm a good person. You know, I I donate to charities. You and know. I don't doubt that they're good people. No, me neither. I never doubt that. But if they believe in God, do they actually do what God says to do? That's the point here that we're that's right. We're pointing out. People, people um, say they're Christians when all they do is believe in Christ. That actually, that's not the definition of Christian. Mm -hmm. The definition of Christian is a follower of Christ, one who does follows in the footsteps of Christ, seeking to do, you know, following His footsteps, doing what what He has done and doing what He has commanded us to do. But when you look at Acts 19. We're gonna we're gonna read 13 through 17, but this is where uh, just to kind of bring up. By this point, Paul has been, you know, the apostles also had the the ability to cast out demons and all that stuff as well. And Paul was was one going out doing this this great work. Well, even these uh, Jewish high priests and these Jewish uh, people have have seen it and they tried to cast out unclean spirits or cast out the demons through the name of Jesus yeah. and Paul. Yeah. And so that's what we're going to read here and, and we see it doesn't work out for them too well. Yeah. <laughs> so starting in verse 13, did you want to read it or do you want me to? Oh, I don't care. Okay, I'll go ahead and read it. Uh, starting in verse 13 of Acts 19. It says, Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call on the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had an evil spirit, saying, We exercise you by Jesus, whom Paul preaches. Also there were seven sons of Siva, a Jewish chief priest, who did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? Then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overpowered them, and prevailed against them, so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. This became known both to all the Jews and Greeks dwelling in Ephesus. And fear fell on them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. Now, I want to point out something in verse 17. That, uh, I want to point this out before we really get into what's talked about here. But Jews were those who denied Christ, you know. And then Greeks are those... In the Old Testament, you had Jews and Greeks. Greeks were the Gentiles. So, Jews and Greeks were non-believers in Christ. Yeah. So, just kind of to point that out. But then you, you see 
they tried to do the same thing that Paul was doing, the same thing that Christ was doing, and they couldn't. Yeah, because they weren't believers. That's right. And and they didn't... One thing that we see throughout all this, you know, we, we skipped... Um, was it um anyway we skipped for the 70 christ sent out the 70 and they were uh i actually think luke yeah it was luke 10 but anyway the 70 went out and they were able to cast out demons as well christ gave them the authority to cast out the unclean spirits so we have a certain protection when we're in christ christ will make sure that we have hope of eternal life and no one will able is able to take that eternal life away from us as long as we are seeking to please him you know as long as we're doing what he commanded as it says in Luke 6:46 Christ says there why do you call me lord lord and do not do the things in which i say and that kind of goes back to what we were talking about before Chad where People, well, I'm a, I believe in Christ. I'm a Christian. Yeah, but and they're not they, doing what they're supposed. That's to. That's right. They, they don't. They're not doing what God commanded them. So, Christ is like, why are you even calling upon me? Mm. Why do you call me Lord and do not do what I say? Well, and I think of, I know several people that I work with, um, that I've worked with in the past that um, proclaim to be faithful people. Yeah. And they've, they're at work. When they're at work, they are the filthiest mouth person I've ever been around, you know? That's right. And they definitely have a sh two different sides to them. They got their Sunday side. Yeah. And their, and their work, you know, filthy-minded, filthy-mouthed um, person, worldly um, lifestyle at work. That's right. And of I wouldn't consider them to be Christians, so they're not... You know, they're of one of the dominant religions around here. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to call anyone out. I'm That's just right. saying, because Christians can do the same thing too. That's right. No one's exempt. I, there's, I think everyone knows someone like this. Yeah. And it can be very devastating because, for one, for a fellow Christian, if you claim to be a Christian and the fellow Christian's doing this during the week, it might rub off on you. Mm -hmm. Go, well, okay, if he can do it, I can do it. Yeah. You know, kind of thing. Because I'll be more accepted at work. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's what they think. Yep. So anyways, it, and so that, you know, that's that's what I um, see here. The, these these folks. Um, the itinerant Jews. Yeah, they, they basically were trying to utilize the powers of God without being a... Right. A believer. Yeah, and, and you see that they're trying to call on the name of Christ, but they don't have a right to call on Christ because mm. they're not a believer in Christ. Yeah. You know, they're not a follower of Christ. They're not doing what Christ has asked them to do. And so just because you call on Christ does not mean that Christ will not just hear you, but it doesn't mean that Christ will even answer you, yeah. you know, where... And that's exactly what these itinerant Jewish uh, exorcists tried to do. They tried to call on the name of Christ, and it didn't work for them. And, and now you see what an unclean spirit can actually do, or a disobedient evil spirit. Here in verse 15, they're called evil spirits. Yeah. 
they're disobedient. Well, and it's a good contrast between what we read before, because when Jesus said it, that's right, they they obeyed. They obeyed. When these folks who were not Christians said it mm-hmm. and commanded them, they got beat up. Yeah. And wounded, it yeah. says, and, and sent on their way. That's right. And you know, the, in verse 15, when, when the evil spirits answered this uh, Jewish chief priest, mm-hmm. he says, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? Yeah. He knew Paul because Christ gave Paul the authority mm-hmm. to cast him out. So they have to know who Paul is. They have to obey Paul. They have to obey Christ. But they don't have to obey these Jewish exorcists because, you know, they're not doing what God has commanded them to do. And so they had no protection from Christ. And, yeah. that's, and so that's how the evil spirit overpowered them. And they left, that, they left the house naked and wounded. Yeah. So the evil spirit ripped off their clothes or uh, however they got naked and, and wounded. And they ran out of the house naked and wounded. I mean, that's... Talk about... I, I can only imagine fearing for your life at that point, you know? <laughs> These evil spirits are... I don't know what they did, but man, they... Yeah. Caused them to, to run out of the house naked and wounded. And had no protection from Christ. And so, this will bring me to John 10. Turn over there with me. Okay. If you're listening, John 10... Oh, how much time do we have, brother? Yeah, we're we got about ten minutes. Okay, ten to twelve minutes. So this is where Christ is speaking, starting in verse twenty-seven of John chapter ten. Christ says, "My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand." My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. And so here we see, and this is the point I brought up uh, in my lesson, is everyone knows who Christ is. So to say, I know Christ, even these Jewish exorcists, you should probably silence your cell phones. Yeah, I did. I I didn't. (laughs) And so you, these... um, uh, where, what was I saying? I got a point to bring up. Yeah, just, go ahead. I'll, I'll go ahead. and um, so, so basically we're talking about my sheep hear my voice. Jesus yeah. is the shepherd. Um, I don't know. You know, growing up we had cows and horses. And we still have horses, but we had cows. And we, and we got to where we had the cows. You know, we'd had them for two to three years. And they'd have calves and stuff. And uh, they would get used to a, a call. And so yeah. you, could, you could walk out the door, and if you if you wanted them to come up to the front pasture, and and you'd say, "Come, come, boss," like that, you know, because that's what we'd always do. Yeah. And those cows would almost run over each other to come see what was up, because yeah. they heard you. And every time you did call them, there was they got something out of it. All right. Okay. There was food, um, a new pasture. You know, uh, so there was always benefits of coming. Yep. And the horses are the same way. You go out and holler, they're gonna come running, and it's it's amazing to see. Um, and so seeing that and and growing up with that, I this really resonates with me. Yep. Because Jesus does the same thing. He calls. Now here's the thing: 
only the people who know that voice are going to come. That's right. And so how do we how do we hear his voice? How do we know him? How do we get to know him? Well, it's right here. We read the Bible, and we talked about this um, on Sunday morning class. Yeah, that's right. How do you recognize him? And I've also used the analogy, the phone analogy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, if 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 you called God today, would he have your phone number saved in his phone? Yeah. Or would he not know who's calling? Yeah. You know, and and that's kind of a good analogy. Um, we, and you don't want to be that friend who's always calling when he needs something. Okay. You don't want God going, oh, Chad again. What does he need? You know, looking at his phone. Yeah. That's how we communicate today yeah. is with phones. You don't want to call God and him say, oh, man, what does he want now? You know, you need to call him just to see how he's doing. You yeah. Know, kind of thing. Yeah. And be a friend to Jesus. Yep. But but the call, uh, we, you know, we want Jesus to know who we are. We want him to... Um, you know, hear us, and and we want and 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 the thing is, who's who's called? Everyone. Yeah. Everyone has been called. Whether you've answered that call is another question. That's right. And that's, you know, that brings out the, um, kind of going along with what I was talking about was everyone knows who Christ is, but does Christ know you? Yeah. And you know, you want Christ to know you. You know, when you look at Acts 2.47, who adds you to the body? Yeah. You know, it, we've all been baptized by mm-hmm. someone, right? Yeah. The person who baptizes us is not the one who um, brings us into the body. No. Like, I was actually blessed to be able to baptize your son. Mm-hmm. I did not add him to the body. No. I did nothing. The, the congregation didn't add him to the body. Mm-hmm. His obedience and and him willing to obey what Christ has commanded him out of him. Yeah. Christ is the one that added him to the body, and so you know, going back to that that analogy with the phone, you know, everyone knows who Christ is, but does Christ know you? Yeah. Does Christ protect you? Are, are you, you doing what you're supposed to? That's right. Are you a bo- a part of His body? Yeah. Are you a member of His flock? That's right. And so. And, and that's what we see in Acts 19. Those itinerant Jewish uh, chief priests—they were not, not part of that. They body. were not a part of the body. They were not part of that body. That's right. So and that's so, why they didn't recognize them. Yep. And that's why the <clears throat> evil spirits didn't have to recognize them either. Keeping in mind, these evil spirits, even mm-hmm. though they're disobedient, still obey Christ, because Christ has all power and authority. Yeah. You know, and so. That's where um, here, Christ in, in John 10, 27 through 30, he says, I know my sheep and they know me. Yeah. They follow me. Yeah. Notice here, he says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. Yeah, and that's a His great sheep analogy. Follow him. Yeah. His sheep do what they ask him to do. And so that's why. And you brought out, you know, the. Um, the cows and and the horses. Yeah. I, I watched a video because I, I don't know anything about sheep, but this this shepherd, you know, he he even told these other people, you know, he would stand on this porch and call his sheep, and they would come running. But first, before he called them, he had these other people who the sheep don't know, 
shout out the same words as he would, and it, it wasn't even a word. It was like, ay, 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 yeah. something weird, you know. It, it wouldn't work. But but they did the same thing the, the owner would, but they didn't come running. No. As soon as that owner said the same words, except they knew his voice. They mm. knew his voice. Yeah. And you see them running towards him. Yeah. And that's what... That's what Christians do. They run towards the voice of God. Mm -hmm. And the voice of God is the Word of God. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I think this is a good time to bring up John 1.1. Okay. So let's turn over there. And I want to bring this out because here Christ is referred to as the Word. So John chapter 1 verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So, this is referring to Christ, and Christ is, con is called the Word. And then when you look at 1 John, He's called the Word of Life. And so, Christ is the Word of God. And so, the, the Bible is the Word of God, and we run to it. Yeah. To obey it, to to follow His call and to follow His commands for us, and those are His sheep. Yeah. Those who hear Him. Well, and I think it's, this brings up a good point um, that I brought out. Um, I seen a I don't know, it's a picture of a sign somewhere, and it said, um, "Your child is point oh one seven percent chance of becoming a professional athlete." Okay, that's what the chance he has, or yeah. she. Um, but 100% chance, there's a 100% chance that they will stand before God on Judgment Day. That's right. And, you know, when you use that analogy, how are we getting out of this world? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, we know we're not going to live forever. Mm -hmm. um, what's the chance of us getting out of this world um, without sin? Zero. Zero percent. Yeah. Okay. The chance that we're going to stand before God on judgment, 100% for all of us. Yep. Okay. And so how important is it to know the shepherd? It's the only way you're getting out. That's right. You know, because the other alternative is sin and death, right? Yeah. And you've got um, Psalms 91, 1 through 4. I don't know which one you're turning to. You're turning to something. Yeah. Because um, you closed go, on that one. Yeah, just to go along with what you were saying. Okay, go ahead. Um, Romans 3.23 says, All... Let me get over there. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So yeah. you're not just saying that we all sinned because you had, you did. Yeah, right. It, it's saying We're saying that because God says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And then Romans 6.23 says for the wages of sin, the sin that we have all committed, mm. is death. Yeah. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Yeah. So, you know... It's a 100% chance that we are going to sin, and it's a 100% chance that we are going to face God on Judgment Day. Yeah. So, you know, and, and that brings out, I'm really, I'm really glad you brought out that analogy, because one, you know, when you look at 
0.07% chance that you're going to be a professional athlete. But yeah. yet, so many people spend so much money on their kids yeah. trying to become that and professional that's the athlete. Point. That was the point of this sign was, yeah. are sports really that important? You know, I mean, it's fun. I'm not condemning anyone who does sports. Right. It's, it's a good activity. But they never showed their kids the Lord. Yeah. And that's, that's the part where... You know, as parents, that's a huge responsibility. And so... And we don't see that much here in Blackfoot, Idaho, because we live in a great community. The morals are great here. Yeah. Um, there's very little planned on Sundays. My cousins that live in Colorado, on the other hand, um, I was over there visiting, and they said, um, yeah, we're going to Hunter Safety in the morning. This is Saturday night. We're going to Hunter Safety in the morning. And I'm like, it's Sunday morning. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, we're going to Hunter Safety at 9 o'clock. Yeah. Who plans Hunter Safety on 9 o'clock on a Sunday morning? Yeah. Well, that's the difference. Yeah. Okay. And the soccer field, there's a soccer field on the freeway next to where they live there in Colorado. I mean, thousands of people there yeah. on a Sunday morning. We're going to church. Yep. And I'm like, what in the world? I couldn't believe it. Yeah. But that's where they're importance is and 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 how is that going to save their soul that's right it's and not what's funny is is i'm sure california is even worse yeah. you know mm -hmm. where, and and i lived in new york for a while and it was the same thing like nobody plans for the lord at all and like you said around here yeah you know a lot of restaurants and a lot of grocery stores are actually closed on closed sunday on sunday yeah mm -hmm. and so to grow up around here and being used to that and then going there, you're like, whoa. Yeah. You know, in it New was. York, nothing is closed on Sunday. Yeah. You know, and and uh, I think even you can buy alcohol and everything on Sunday yeah. up there, too. Mm -hmm. Whereas in, well... It used to be you couldn't hear, but I think you can now. I'm not sure, but yeah, and well, I, yeah, because I mean they sell it in grocery stores, you know. We're about out of time, so I want to kind of close on this. Um, okay. Psalms. Yeah. So let's go over to Psalms. Psalms 91. We'll read the first four verses, and I think it's a great um, place to end here. Absolutely. For us. I'll go ahead and read it. Yes, please. He says, "He he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty." I will say to the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him I will trust. Surely He shall deliver you from the snares of the fowler and from the um, perilous pestilence. pestilence. He shall cover you with His Father's and under His wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and your buckler and buckler yeah and and i think the point here um he shall cover you with his feathers if you've ever seen a a mother goose or a or a, a duck um protector um chicks mm -hmm. she gets her feathers out and she can almost cover them clear up that's right they're just completely covered underneath her protected yeah from danger and um, that's how Jesus is for us. That's right. That's how God is. God, you know, he protects us. If we're on, if we're part of his flock, it's going to be good. Yeah. And, and if we're doing what he's, he has commanded us, he is protecting us under his feathers. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's what 
that's a great place to end and that's that's how we should think of it you know we should seek that protection yeah. underneath his feathers yeah underneath his his protection we are protected under there you know and but when we step outside of that we are no longer protected that's right and that's where satan can attack us sure yeah absolutely so there you go thanks everyone for joining us uh we'll look forward to, to seeing you next week or uh and so uh be sure to reach out to us if you have any questions thanks everyone thank you